and welcome to Through the Eyes of the Guide, a podcast dedicated to guides and tour managers around the world. A program to share tips and tricks, information, and to know more about this beautiful community. My name is Nicole Flores, your host, also known as Nikki Flo in social media. I'm a qualified local guide in Santiago de Chile since 1998 and a tool leader, tool conductor since 2006. Welcome to the program. Welcome to a new episode of Through the Eyes of the Guide. This is the last episode of season number one. Also is the last episode of the year 2020, the craziest ever year for the tourism industry. So before we start our program, I just want to mention that if you miss some of our previous episode, please go and check on them because since episode number one, we've been meeting wonderful guides, coach, tour managers, and a lot of experiences where we can learn, always learn. So uh, if you didn't have the time, now you will have a little time, please go and double check. And if you want to know where you can leave your comments or ideas or suggestions, you can visit the Facebook page of Through the Eyes of the Guide. So thank you for being there. Today, I'm expecting to have a wonderful, wonderful episode because to celebrate our last episode, we are with Lance Camarena. Lance wrote a very special book that I really, really love. Let me introduce a little bit about Lance first. For more than 20 years, Lance was uh, the director of training and development for a five-star cruise line that regularly visit more than 300 ports around the world each year. After working training guides and getting excellent feedback for his work, he wrote the book Coaching for the World's Best Tour Guides, Observations from the Back of the Bus. And I have to say that I, I had the chance of reading this book uh, three or four years ago, and I found it just fantastic because we as guides and tour managers, we are usually having the chances of being trained, and sometimes it's great training, uh, but very rarely we have the chance of uh, having the client's perspective, uh, putting ourselves in the client's shoes. And I thought this book was such a wonderful tool for do so. So we have Lance today to talk about this book and how he came up with the idea and all that. Eventually, Lance left the cruise line industry when an extremely lucrative opportunity opened up in another maritime sector, and he became the first ever director training and organizational development for one of the world's leading fishing companies and continues to work in the training and development environment. But sadly, for the time being, he has left behind his strong ties to the tour industry and the wonderful people who make it happen, the world's best tour guides. Nevertheless, he's taking time today to share with us some of the hints and ideas of this marvelous uh, book. So welcome, Lance. Thank you for being here today. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And thank you, Nicole, for such a warm, exciting, inviting welcome. Well, I am very, very excited because, as I mentioned, I really love it's one of my preferred books related with uh, with guiding. So where are you now? Uh Currently, I am in Seattle, Washington, and like most of the world, kind of locked down in my home here. Okay, so it looks like it's cold there. <laughs> <laughs> 
bad. Not too bad. It's never too bad there. All right, let's talk about uh, the book uh, before we go deep in, because it's actually a very interesting topic. We are going to try to talk about four or five different uh, uh, out of the 10 chapters you have in the book. But before I'm wondering how um, you come up with this idea of reading such a such a wonderful book. How you come up with the idea? Well, I think it, I think I need to start with just kind of going backwards a little bit. Uh, growing up, I was one of those lucky people who always knew what they wanted to be when you grow up. I was always uh, in awe of my my teachers in school, and and for me, it was just crystal clear that I wanted to be a teacher, a trainer uh, as a professional choice. And really, the question was, uh, what what direction? Uh, and quite. Uh, ironically, I started off with the goal of becoming a music teacher, but ended up in the IT world since that was just one of those things that just kind of took over, took over uh, uh, my life and really, you know, every business as a whole. But when I moved to Seattle, uh, I had the, the grand fortune of landing in a cruise line, a five-star cruise line, who was looking for their first director of training as well to kind of organize all their training activities with a special focus really in uh, leadership skills and customer service skills for, for the crew and for the officers and for the, for the office, the corporate office as well. And so, uh, so while I had a wealth of training experience, I have to say the cruise line and tourism business was a little bit new to me. So that was, uh, that was quite exciting to just get into that. Uh, I think if I think if I was looking backwards and said, "Oh, yeah, you know," if I was aware of the the whole tourism cruise line industry, that that would have been a goal. But no, I have to admit, I kind of fell into it, and what a marvelous industry it is. <laughs> but you know what was kind of funny was my first uh, time visiting one of the vessels, one of the cruise ships, with the purpose of doing some needs analysis in terms of what we needed to do for some leadership, for some customer service training for the crew. I had one of the senior managers on board, a lovely, lovely woman who became a friend eventually, but but maybe maybe she uh, took some pity on me as kind of the new guy, but she took me aside and she said, Lance, if you want to be successful in this company, there's three things you must never do when you're on board a cruise ship. And her, her conversation, her sternness, uh, her boldness kind of caught me by surprise but I'm all ears. Uh, I'm new. Talk to me. Tell me. So I have to. I have to admit. I don't remember the the first two, but one of them was one of the three was never take a tour. What? And uh, uh, yeah, well, exactly. I was a little surprised. Uh, that's not why I was on board. But but the curiosity got the better of me, and I asked her. I said, "Why do you feel so strongly?" you know, about this recommendation. And she said, well, you know, we have the people that come from, everybody comes from Seattle to the ships, but we have the people that come from Shoreside with, with the goal to help us, to, to improve, to, 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 to support us. And then they come on board and the next thing we do is we see them go off on the tours. And that doesn't make any sense to us. You're here to support us. So, so I said to her name, her name was Marian. So I said, Marian, you know, I won't do tours. I'm not here to do tours. I will not do a tour. And uh, went about my business, uh, again, developing, doing my needs analysis for the various training programs that we needed to develop. So I have to say that for the first, I don't know, three, four years of my time on board, working on board, working from the office, I never did any of the tours. 
Uh, I wanted to honor that promise, and and it made sense at the time. But um, as everybody in the tour industry knows, that the tours uh, are are tremendous. They're a wonderful extension of what the cruise ship is doing, going from port to port. Imagine a cruise ship that didn't let the people off in a port. Why would you... You know, now with the, the way COVID's looking, it's looking a little bit like that, you know, as the, as the industry kind of starts back up. But I had my opportunity to, to, to start doing some tours. And some of that was built, too, when we actually hired our first director of show excursions for the cruise line industry. She was uh, not new to the, to the industry, but new to our company. And she and I built a relationship because she said, you know, I need training for my people who are selling the tours on board the vessel. So that's, so it all of a sudden became kind of a, kind of a, a mutual relationship. And before I knew it, uh, yeah, I was, I was captured by the whole tour side of, of the things that were going on. Got very involved with, with that department, facilitated many of their meetings, worked with a lot of the groups. Uh, once every other year, they would put together a, a tour operators conference not only did I facilitate those conferences, I, I taught, uh, I got to know many tour operators from all over the world. Uh, I just, the, the whole tour side of the business just really, really took hold of me. So a uh, little burnout, it was time to kind of step away. One of my lifelong dreams as a lifelong learner is to be able to speak uh, Spanish fluently. Uh, growing up, dad kind of hid that part of our culture from us. It's just something I've always wanted to learn. So I actually arranged to do a total immersion program in one of the countries where one of the tour operators was willing to kind of sponsor me. And the deal was they would kind of help me get started, get into the immersion program. And upon the completion of the program, I would do training for them uh, all uh, as, as kind of a trade of favors. And so we started by... Uh, I wanted the exposure to their product. So I started by doing literally the same tour. And since I was in school Monday to Friday, I would do the same tour every weekend. Same tour, often the same guide. But of course, my intent wasn't to, to learn the, the route to, to, to do the tour. Uh, I specifically positioned myself literally at the back of the bus. And what I did was ask the other uh the other customers, the other people on the tour, uh, what they th- thought of the tour. What was missing? What was great? What was good? What was bad? You know, when you're when you are a training professional, need, doing your needs analysis is always one of the tougher exactly. tougher yeah. jobs. You know, how do you actually get that customer feedback? But this couldn't have been any easier for me. I wasn't interested in the tour. I was interested in the guests. And so, week after week, same tour started collecting all the information and it became in essence kind of the first training programs that I was able to deliver deliver to those tour guides that worked for that tour operator and from there it just kind of grew into uh, like everything that I do as I, as I do my own training programs you build a, a collection of just all these things that you want to weave into your various programs and so, once given the opportunity to, to do this over and over, you start refining, you start putting all the pieces together. Of course, now as, an, as kind of an independent training person, I was doing lots of tours, courtesy of the various groups I was working with. 
And it all just kind of fed itself in terms of just really collecting that feedback. Because obviously I was never leading any tours. I was sitting in the back of the bus Mm -hmm. (laughs) talking to the rest of the guests. Nice. And so it came to a point where uh, somebody, and I think it was one of the tour guides in one of the courses, kind of made the kind of made the observation suggestion you know you should write a book and oh. i thought wow what a great idea and hence uh that was kind of the birth of trying to put all this information into a source recognizing as much as i would love to be out there and train every single tour guide in the world that's never going to happen i'm always available but this was the chance to, to put it in writing, give people the opportunity to, to, to take a look at what I discovered from their guests. Super. Well, I have the, your book in my hands right now. And uh, the idea is to go a little uh, through some of the most important topics. It's actually, if I open the first page, is table, tab, table of content is uh, 10 chapters, right? And um, I choose four, hopefully five, if we have the time, uh, because all of them are very interesting, but some of them are really, really powerful. And it's something that I was very curious about seeing the other side, uh, the perspective of of the client when we deliver a tour, regardless the the location, how you do it, the way you do it, it's uh, the impact we can have um, when we do a tour. So... In chapter number one, you call the first chapter, make me a part of a team. And I find out, wow, this that, that name is something that I will never expect to find out as the first thing, the first chapter in a book dedicated to guides. So can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Uh, one of my observations, and, and a, lot of, a lot of what I did comes from a tour guide is very much like a trainer, like a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, you're basically given, uh, a tour guide is given a busload of people or a small group, but I mean, basically they, they, they're a collection of strangers for the most part, not unlike when I'm doing a training program and I get people from all various walks of life, you know, into the classroom. And basically what you have though is a bunch of strangers at some level, uh, all collected together. And so there is, in any situation where you have a group of people that don't know each other, there's always just a little level of uh, discomfort. You know, you're you're a little more careful, you know, you're just, you're just a little bit more on your toes. And what, and what you discover though, is if you can make a team, if you can lower those, those barriers, those boundaries, uh, what becomes, what starts out as a collection of strangers can actually be uh, become a team. And the, the reality is uh, there's an old saying, there's safety in numbers. And so, you know, I, typically if I'm on a tour, I'm in a strange place. Uh, I'm out of my comfort zone. Maybe I'm with my wife or my family, you know, uh, but still there's, there's, just, there's just this, this bit of discomfort and so when a tour guide, or basically, you know, this is, this is really a good strategy for anybody that's managing a group of people, but if you can bring that group together and get them to, to become a team, everything just kind of flows from there. Um, some, some of the ideas that you, and you see this, even small groups, large groups, 
where the the person in charge is really trying to make that effort to just get everybody to uh, to meet and learn a bit about everybody else that's on the tour. And so it could be something as simple as literally making the introduction. One of the things I kind of mentioned in the book was when I was doing that tour every weekend, that was one of the tours where the van would come, the bus would come from hotel to hotel to hotel. And so the guide would, would be, we'd be there uh, greeting the guests as they came on, as they came on board with just a little note. Hi, I'm your tour guide. We've got two more hotels, just come on board and, and uh, off we'll go. But, you know, with a short little introduction, even so who, you know, who are you, where are you from? Uh, all of a sudden you start breaking down the barriers when people are on those buses, when you have your people on the buses or wherever they're kind of coming together, it's uh, you sometimes have to break the ice for them. So my example was, okay, well, you know, she, obviously the tour guides knew me very, very, very well after taking the tour week after week. But what if, you know, that first couple comes on board and she collects their name and they're John and Mary. And then when they get on board, she says, everybody, Hey, welcome John and Mary, you know, and, and John and Mary from California. Well, all of a sudden now I have additional information about these two people. They're John, they're Mary, they're from California. Well, you know what? I'm from California. Originally I am. Uh, but somebody knows somebody in California. Yes. And before you know it, people start reaching across the aisle, if you will. Yes. Uh, to see and to, yeah, to make those connections. And before you know it, uh, if you do it right, you know, the tour guide often will have a challenge kind of getting the attention of the whole the whole group again, because they're having all these little mini conversations. And so, you know, there's, there's that piece of just getting everybody to know everybody. I, I have a, a piece in that chapter as well that I really like because uh, when people are doing their tours or when people are traveling, there are those that just travel to travel because they enjoy it. It's fun. They're, they're, they want to get out and see the world. But oftentimes people are doing travel, doing tours because they're celebrating. What might they be celebrating? Well, it could be a, a wedding anniversary, honeymoon, retirement, birthday, family reunion. I mean, those are all causes for celebration. And if you discover, you're a tour guide, you discover, uh, you know, in those quiet little conversations, well, John and Mary are celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. Well, you know, I would announce that to the whole group. Hey, everybody, John and Mary are celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. How about a big cheer for John and Mary? And you will see everybody kind of make that celebration. And what you've done is you've actually made John and Mary celebrities in that team. And all of a sudden, people will come and, and, and all these little things, and it's all these little uh, uh, challenges to try and just kind of lower the barriers so that before you know it, at the end of a good tour, at the end of a really, really good tour, you will see people passing out email addresses and, oh, we need to stay in touch. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw you took some great photos. You know, I'd love to share. Before you know it, it it's all uh, it, it really does just kind of break down the barriers. Yeah. It's a team. It's uh, a team. That's a, it's yeah. not a group of people anymore. It's a team that's 
testing. Exactly, exactly. It's it's quite evident that uh, when you make boundaries, when you get the connection with other people, it's much more enjoyable, and that is that is a fact. I mean, it's <laughs> when you have fun, it's because you are you are having the connection with other people to have fun. It's necessary. So I think it's a great great uh, beginning. And it's very important in order to make a, a memorable experience. It's never going to happen if people are feeling uh, untouched or separated or, or just traveling in a group. So fantastic. So let's go to the chapter number three. This one is called Make Me Information Rich. What do we can tell us about that? Well, uh You know, what's really interesting is people end up on tours and they often really don't know what they bought, what they signed up for. Uh, I, I, I always laugh because, uh, again, because of the nature of the way I was doing my tours, I, I could I, that's that the, the nice thing was having done so many tours, particularly ones that I was doing over and over, it gave me the opportunity to kind of watch what people were doing or not doing. But So often, so often, people didn't really have a clue. Uh, you know, maybe husband and wife, you know, uh, you know, it used to be brochures. Of course, everything is now online. But it's possible that the, that the wife bought the tour and, and really didn't share much with the husband or the husband bought the tour. Or maybe the tour was a gift from the travel agent or a family member. You know, and, and there was little research done as to, okay, I just know I need to show up here and I'm on the tour. The reality is, is that most people on the tours really don't know what they've gotten themselves into. Yes, they know they're going to see this or that or do this or that, but the details and, and specifically what I noted in, in the book was what I call tour logistics. Um, the tour guide is information rich. The tour guide knows exactly what's going on. The tour guide has so much information they They really don't even know how to share it all. As of the guest, I am information poor. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know what's happening. I know for the next two hours, I've given up my life to, to whatever's going to happen here next. Um, but I, but I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, uh, what am I wondering about? And probably the biggest question is always about bathrooms. But I'm also wondering, uh, I'm not sure, did, did lunch come with this tour? Because I'm starting to get a little, I'm starting to get a little uh, hungry. So you know, do I need you know when we get to the square, do I need to go look for something to eat? I mean, there's just a lot of these uh, logistics that are unclear to me. And I think tour guides, because they've done the same thing over and over and over, don't necessarily see it in the eyes of their guests, and they certainly don't hear it because a guest isn't necessarily going to ask those kinds of, of, of logistic questions. And so uh, I think I have it in the book that and I actually titled one of the sections, Rescue Me, because oftentimes there's just so much going on that I just don't even know what to ask. Uh, not just tour logistics, but, you know, I'm not, am I in the right spot? Uh, mm -hmm. All of the questions that, that, that kind of that go around to that. Um, and even once the, even once the tour kind of gets started, You know, there, there really should be kind of a recap of everything that's kind of going, that's kind of going on. Uh, you know, uh, this, what I was doing every, that, that time when I was doing the tour, every, the same tour every week, it was a, the city tour. 
And so we had four places that we would visit each time. So, you know, in my head, I kind of had it all down. <laughs> but but what I saw was, uh, the, the, you know, the better guides, the good guides, they would start the tour with, okay, just in case you didn't get the brochure, you know, these are the four events that we're going to be visiting today. Uh, this, 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 and this. Uh, let me recommend that uh, the best bathrooms are going to be at the cathedral. So uh, if you don't mind, you know, we'll remind you as we get to the cathedral, that's the third part of our stop. And yes, uh, just so that everybody feels good about it, you know, this tour does come with the buffet lunch at the Sheridan. You know, now all of a sudden, all those questions that I had logistically wise uh, are answered for me. And now I can I can get into the tour a little bit more. I don't, I don't have to worry about, okay, looking for a bathroom or looking for a place to eat or this, yes. all of the other kind of reminders. And so tour guides, you know, they are information rich. Your guests are information poor. You can't give me enough information that will just make me feel comfortable. Uh, as you would go through the tour, you know, uh, okay, that was recap. Give me the recap. Everybody's back on the bus. Hope you enjoyed that part. So we've got three more things to go. So pace yourself. Don't forget the third stop is the bathroom break. Uh, and this way, by, by giving people the logistical information, it, it, it just frees their mind. It just makes them feel easier about actually enjoying the tour. Yes. You know, the things they're going to see. You know, we have bathrooms everywhere, right? Everywhere in the room is a bathroom. You don't need to worry about that. But, you know, you've come to this place because there's something special. And that's what we want our, that's what we want our guests to be able to focus on. You made me think, uh, 22 years ago, I was working as a tour guide in the desert, in the Tacama Desert. And uh, back then, the desert was a real desert, not like a modern desert like today. And I remember <laughs> at the end of a tour, um, I had a couple and the man just come to me and says, oh, it was a wonderful tour. I have no clue what you said or share because I was wondering the whole time when is going to be the next stop for water. I was so worried about getting run of water that uh, I didn't hear it. But I know it was fun because my family looks happy. And that was in my mind. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, next time. And, and, and from there, forever. You have to explain these things because people is going to be otherwise fixed with one thing, one thing and only one thing in their mind and not enjoying your tour. And you also make me remember in uh, Easter Island, one lady told me once, I need exactly, uh, I need to know exactly what is the things that we are doing first and after because I do my backpack it for my day in my backpack. Uh, I put it, the layers in order of the things we are doing. No, my if 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 the, the beach visit is going to be at the very end, then my swimsuit goes at the end. So I need exactly. And I was like, that's very smart first, because you don't you're not unpacking the whole thing. But is that very very smart because it's showing you how people want to be? They want to be prepared. So it's 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 another great chapter. All right, let's go to the next one. Chapter seven, it's called Entertain Me, Lance. What is this about? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I love, I love this chapter. Uh, we, uh, it was kind of interesting when I did, one of the things I had that uh, the opportunity to do, which was great, was I flushed out these 10, uh, just a little backdrop, I flushed out these 10 chapters. 
And uh, so I had the content and then I was invited to present to a group of a hundred tour guides for one of the tour operators in a, in a Latin American country. And, uh, and I told the group, I said, okay, it was kind of our last day. It was a multi-day program actually. And I said, the last day here, what I'd like to do is I said, I'm writing a book and I would like to use you as my, uh, as my research group here. And so what I'd like to do is present the chapter concept. And I had an activity, I have activities for every, every chapter in this book. I have a live activity that I can do with a, with a group. And so, and I said, you know, and when we finish the chapter, when we finish the content, I want your vote. Does this chapter belong in the book? So that was uh, something just to kind of get them on their toes, but also, but immediate feedback. Basically I've got a hundred critiques, you know, a hundred critics in the room. So why not collect that, that feedback? So we get to chapter seven and, and I've got my PowerPoint slide up there and it just, and, it, and I don't remember exactly what the PowerPoint slide said, but I said to the group as a whole, I said, I need somebody to sing me a song. <laughs> and of course the room just got totally quiet. hundred, a hundred tour guides. And let's, let's, let's admit it. Tour guides aren't a quiet, a quiet group, but it got really, <laughs> really quiet. And I let in a, in, a, in a good trick for trainers, a good trick is to let the silence make people feel uncomfortable. That's that's a that's a technique as well. So I let the silence go for a bit, and I took the smile away from my face. You know, I, I was serious about this, and I said in a little stronger voice, uh, "Yeah, I need somebody to sing me a song." And still silence, and of course, people looking at each other. And having had this group for a couple of days now, they knew there was something coming, but they they weren't sure what it was going to be. And I pleaded one last time. I said, I need someone to sing me a song. And big room, 100 people. So they had a microphone, you know, ready to ready to hand up. And finally, one of the guides stood up. And, uh, and it was a guy that I had met earlier that week. So it was nice to see somebody kind of rescue me. I'm not sure what I would have done otherwise. But I handed him the microphone and he started singing what I would call kind of the, not the official national anthem, but, but kind of the folk anthem of that country. And he stood up and yes, he was a singer by trade, you know, so he had the nice voice. But what was really great to see was by the time he finished the song, the entire 100 group of tour guides were standing, singing with him. And when he finished, when they finished singing, the group broke into a huge applause. And I lost control of the group for the next you know, two or three minutes <laughs> and, until they all kind of settled down. And I was kind of motioning, OK, well, let's, you know, kind of hit the, the PowerPoint slide to go to the next thing. And so th the whole point of that exercise was there are ways to entertain your, 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 your groups um, through a variety of means. And I think I, I'm a big music fan. In fact, when I mentioned earlier uh, that I always wanted to be a teacher, my original goal was to be a music teacher. So that's still, you know, that still kind of haunts me to this day. I'm not a singer, um, but the point is, there's opportunities. I think about some of those long bus rides when it's there's when there's not a lot to see. Uh, you know, there's opportunities there to entertain the group. Now, hey, I'm not. A, you know, I can see the tour guide saying, "Well, I'm not a singer. Well, I'm not actually asking them to do what this gentleman did, 
in terms of kind of belting out, you know, a, a wonderful song with that wonderful voice. But there are songs that we all sing. It could be, you know, and, and what kind of came to my head was, you know, we were driving along and there was a little a little school. Um, we hadn't seen much in, in the way of, mm-hmm. of anything for a bit. A little school. And I just thought, what an opportunity. You know, the tour guide could have, could have pointed it out. You know, here's an example of some of the school, public schools that we have, you know, kind of outside the, outside the cities. And it reminds me of a little song I learned when I was a kid. And we all have these little sing-song, you know, nursery rhyme kind of songs. Uh, people love to hear that kind yes. of stuff. They're not going to critique your singing voice, no. <laughs> you know, especially if it's got a, if it's got a piece to it. Oh, it's great to, 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 in essence, to kind of do that. So, uh, you know, everybody should have some of those, those little kind of tricks. It could be a song, uh, something that, that I enjoy, or, or just hearing stories. Again, uh, that same schoolhouse. It reminds me of when I, you know, there you go. Now you're off, you're telling a little story, something unique about yourself. But, of course, that always is a reflection of the culture, just a bigger a bigger, bigger piece. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a good friend of mine. He's he's actually a really interesting guy. He's a sailor, maritime guy. Uh, and he's memorized several poems, the long ones. And at the strangest times, we'll just be sitting there having a beer. You know, he will recite the poem from beginning to end. And we all just sit there fascinated by the poem itself but his and his ability to actually tell it. Uh, you know, there are things like that that we can do to actually entertain our guests. Yes. So I invite tour guides, you know, you've, you've already got, you've already got the stories. Yes. You've already got <laughs> these little songs. You've already got these little poems. Break them out. Yes. Surprise your guests. Entertain your guests. I have to say that I, I witness of how powerful stories are, how powerful is, you know, songs are even a quote starting with a quote or ending in the day with a quote it's it's so powerful and just to give you an example in i remember it's one of the cruise lines going to antarctica uh, at the end of the trip the crew start gets together and they sing this song of Rod Stewart uh sailing uh, what is the name of i forgot we are sailing ah oh, i forgot the name Anyway, the crew gets together and sing for the, the passenger. And it's such a beautiful moment. And it's just the power of the music and the song. And also, I was uh, in, the, in Mauritius in Africa. And the driver, when we finish the tour every day, he was telling a story for kids to the, to the group. And that was so powerful because people was waiting the whole day for the story yeah. of the driver. It was not even the guide, it was the exactly. driver. And the driver was telling the story, you know, African roofed. Uh, that was fantastic. So yeah, it is totally powerful. Very nice. So let's go to the chapter number nine, never deliver the same tour. And I think this is so important. Yeah, well, never deliver the same tour twice. Twice, Sarah. Twice, yeah, that's 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 the key here. And uh, again, going back to the city tour that I was doing every weekend, uh, yeah, by the end of the time in that in that city, I could have delivered that tour because it was the same. Now, I'm not talking about the sites. I'm talking about the routine that the tour guide was delivering. 
Uh, same thing, time after time. And the, and the pitfall there is when we start auto-talking, you know, just kind of just doing what we did yesterday, it becomes a routine. And while you might notice it, might not notice it, your guests do. Um, yeah. One of the things that I, I, I do in the classroom, I taught a leadership course for my cruise line. I taught a leadership course for two years, the same course. And uh, yes, the topics never changed. You know, that was the topics were decided by needs analysis. But the way I delivered the exercises I put in, uh, the stories I told, uh, all of that, I tried to make different with each iteration. It was a challenge for me. And what I was hoping was that the enthusiasm, the differences uh, made a difference to them, recognizing that they were getting their own show. You know, it wasn't a rerun. And so that's, that's, the, that's the concept behind never deliver the same tour twice. And so this means, though, the tour guides have to become students. Uh, they have to become lifelong, lifelong learners as well. And so, you know, in, in, in the book, uh, I give a couple of, of simple little things. You know, obviously, the Internet is a, a wonderful tool for that for that purpose. Uh, but the other reason for for tour guides to get on the Internet and kind of take a look at what the Internet is saying about tours that they're delivering or for the sites they're delivering, it's good to recognize that your guests have probably done the same thing as well. So if you're simply going to repeat what was on Google about that site, you're not giving them anything new. You're in essence already delivering the same tour that they already had. The difference, they're standing there now. Now, hopefully the awe of the, the beauty that's there, the situation, all of that will make a difference. But what's new? What, what is the tour guide adding that, that's different? So you have internet, you have you have books, you have uh, you know TV, movies. One thing about movies, if for some reason you know that uh, you have, and sometimes tour guides get kind of the advance notice, and you're going to have a tour guide, you're going to have a tour group full of people from New York. Well, I'll tell you what, as your homework, I would. I'm the tour operator. I'm assigning you homework, uh, tour guide. Tour guide, your homework is to look up movies about New York. What movies do is they, you know, and it's nice, right? A nice homework assignment. Go watch a, go watch a movie about New York. Um, but what the movies will do is, yes, you know, movies typically tend to be a little bit stereotypish in terms of how they portray, but that still gives you a point of reference so that when you're talking to the group, uh, you have some, you know, if you haven't been to New York or lived in New York, uh, it, it still gives you that opportunity to, to reflect, to, to kind of be inside. The other thing that I really strongly suggest that tour guides do is build up their personal networks. So a network, and you hear the word networking, you know, it's, it's a little more popular now than it, than it used to be. But a network is really comprised of people uh, who have their own specialties. You know, if you only hang around with tour guides, you know, and they're lovely people, I'm not suggesting uh, that you shouldn't. But if your network doesn't include a wider variety of people, then you're actually limiting your ability to just get a better handle on everything that's kind of going on. So I suggest for a tour guide, you should have the following people in your network. Uh, a technology expert. That's just, that's just survival these days, you know, and that technology expert, it could be, it could be your son or daughter, right. That's, that knows how to, how to work all the, all the, all the latest technology, but you know, they will be helpful. You know, 
helping you, you know, kind of manage that piece. Uh, local artists, you know, you should definitely have local artists in your network because they're going to tell you what's hot, what's happening. You know, the new, the new thing that's going on here, the new thing that's going on there. You should definitely have a teacher in that network, a college professor, maybe somebody from the, from the group, because, you know, they're required to often do, you know, recurring training and they can, they can bring things into, into your world. For some of us who are a little bit older, you definitely have to have a teenager in your network. If you don't have one of your own, go, go rent one, go find one. Uh, I recently had the chance to, to, I attended a birthday party. I was, uh, in this COVID times, it was, I was felt a little awkward just trying to be cautious, but there was a couple of teenagers there and I got to talking to them and I was, you know, they were very interested in us. My work, my wife still works for the cruise line industry. So still very plugged into travel and uh, talking to them. Wow. I learned so much about their value system, uh, what they want to do. We got to talking about travel. They wanted to know what's the most beautiful place in the world. Well, you know, travel guides, we all know there is no single best place. You know, it's it's the tour I'm delivering tomorrow. That's the best place. And so, you know, get a, get a teenager in your network. Get a sports fan in your network. You know, people like to talk about sports. That's a universal, that's a universal element. You know, have a restaurant person, have a bartender, have a musician. These are all people that should be in your network. And if you're not sure how to bring them all together, you know, after COVID's done, you know, have the barbecue, bring them all over to your place and just watch the networking amongst themselves go uh, as well. Some other things that tour guys should do, go on tours. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, how many times do tour guides go someplace just to relax? But you know what? Make it a point. Go on a tour. You know, you're supporting that local tour guide. And I'm sure, uh, you know, don't say anything till the end. But I'm sure, you know, hey, I'm a tour guide. Uh, you know, watch the email exchanges happen. Watch all the secrets change. I mean, all of that. You always learn. Yeah. Yes. And then, always a trick. Always a trick that you didn't have and you can learn. Yeah. And then I do have one more that I think is, is become increasingly important. And that is if there is a, you know, there's lots of these little software tours now. You know, you can buy them for 99 cents, uh, a couple of bucks. Buy the one for whatever tour that you're doing, because that is a piece of your comp. That is a piece of your competition. You know, that is how you need to differentiate yourself. You need to know what you're competing against. Exactly. And once you listen to that tour online, I guarantee you will change something in your tour to make it even better, even better. So that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about in terms of uh, never deliver the same tour twice, you know, uh, there's just so much. It, it just, <laughs> yeah, I know. Your, your tour, your tour <laughs> today, but I'm just, let me say it this way. Your tour tomorrow should be just that much better than the tour you just did today. You know, every tour is, is, is different, just a touch better. Wow, Lance. Oh, there is so much, there's so many questions I want to make, but, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to make some three more questions, but can we, can we briefly talk about chapter 10? Briefly, briefly, because I know that uh, time is against us all the time. But the chapter number 10 is called Invite Me to See More. And I like the way you put this uh, promote as a whole thing. And so can you can you let us know briefly what it is? 
number 10, chapter number 10. Yes, chapter number 10 is about the responsibility I believe tour guides have to promote tourism. Uh, I mean, that's basically it. Uh, The short story goes, you know, uh, there are people that recognize the value of a tour, but there are a lot of people that don't. Uh, I was one of those in the beginning when I did all my traveling. I never bought a tour. I could figure this out myself. You know, it wasn't until I got into the business and saw what to, what good tour guides do that I recognized the value of that of that whole process. And so, what I what I need our tour guides to do, what I want our tour guides to do, is to market tourism. Mm-hmm. So I was with you for the day city tour. I was with you today. Those four sites I visited was that all of that city? Oh, by all means, it was only the beginning. Um, there was one site just 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 to use that example. There was one site that uh, because I was living there at the time, uh, that was spectacular at night. Now, most of the city tours during the day, my tour guide should have said something. You think this looks great now? You need to come back after eight o'clock, after nine o'clock, you know, when the lights are all on and when the, you know, it's a whole different place. You know, so I think, I think tour guides have an obligation to, to suggest, uh, and it's not just, you're not, I'm not talking about trying to sell that tour, mm-hmm. you know, so you can get your little commission. I'm talking about just marketing tourism yes. uh, so that we support all tour guides, all the, the tourism as, as the term tourism industry as a whole. Super. Well, thank you. This is, uh, this was a very fast, but very brief, uh, very interesting uh, recap of some of the chapters. I, I remind the audience is 10 chapters. So please, uh, I think, this is still available. Please uh, make sure that you get this in your in in your next uh, okay. yeah. in your next well, Christmas ticket. Uh-huh. Yes. Exactly. All right. So let me briefly some, make some questions that I, when I wrote this book, I was wondering. You know, there is always things that I was like, oh gosh, I was. Um, I wish I had the chances to ask this to the author of this book. So I'm going to make it right now. I mean, j- just three because I have like twenty, but. The first ever is going to be, um, can you show with us, Lance, the questions clients never ask directly to their guides? Oh, the, <laughs> the number one question. The number one question. Yes. Tour guides, hear me. The number one question, am I supposed to tip my tour guide? Okay. <laughs> by far, by far, that was the leading question. And so, again, I think you have a lot of people that just uh, that are new to the process Oh, and of course, the, the follow-up question to that one is how much. <laughs> and, uh, but really, those are the those are the two those are the two uh, the two most often question. And then I would say the third most often question asked is always around tour logistics. Yeah, uh, it's it's just always unclear. It's just always unclear how you know you you get people. Uh, you see this particularly with uh, people who have their their routine. And in essence, I've surrendered my life now for the next hour, the next day, whatever it is to you. And so I don't feel in control. So again, it goes back to kind of information rich, information yes. poor. So tour logistics, you know, you just, you can't tell me too much. It seems like uh, with a good presentation of the logistic, you cover those, those three things. So thank you. So another question, what is your opinion about uh, how to create wow moments? for for the clients let's say that um i don't know there is four buses doing the same thing how 
can I make my boss different of the others? How I can create that specific one moment for my clients? Well, of course, the book has uh, <laughs> yes. dozens and dozens of dozens and dozens of idea. Uh, but I think that I but I think the big advice I would give to to tour guides is to experiment. Okay. You know, the thing is with a, with a, with a tour, you're doing that tour over and over and over. You know, over the course of of, of time. And so you have opportunities to, to, to try, to experiment. In the book, one of the things that I suggest is that while there are lots of ideas in the book and, and, and everywhere, actually lots of ideas, uh, oftentimes an idea is like a piece of clothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might, you might try something on, you might try a shirt or a jacket or a dress on, and it doesn't quite fit. Um, but you like it, you know, you could say, well, if I, if I, maybe if I got one without the sleeves or, you know, maybe if I did this. And I think that's where tour guides need to take a look at some of the things they're doing and say, well, what if, you know, it really is. It's, it's a big what if and experiment. You know, I would say uh, in the classroom, you know, I'm notorious for doing this. Uh, I love it. And I would say 80% of the time, you know, it works. 20% of the time it doesn't. Well, okay, listen, learn, you know, you throw it away. And, and, and still, though, you need to do your autopsy. You need to, you know, do your, your, your due diligence. You know, why didn't it fly like the, like the way you thought it would fly? Um, because, again, it's, it's all about improvement. Uh, but experiment, you know, tailor, tailor an idea. Don't, you know, out of the book or someplace else, you know, yeah. uh, put a spin on it. Make, it. make it something that makes sense for you. And then I think the third thing is, is we're today surrounded by so many things going on uh, with the internet, with entertainment, uh, and something I'm always looking at, and I and I always I, either I do notes on my phone or I, I have I have tons of scribbles that I that I that I, I keep track of sticky notes, and these are things that I see happen, and I go, oh my god, that would be great in. Now, typically, because I'm training, I think this would be great. This would be great in the classroom. This would be great for this particular program. This would be a great opening. This would be a great closing. Yeah, I need to switch it up a little bit. Do this, a little that. Um, but your ideas should come from everywhere, anywhere. You know, um, yeah. There's just so many things yes. out there because this also makes it fun. This also makes it fun for the guide. You know, and, and when the guides are having fun, you're exactly fun. It's, it's just it just works that way. Super. Um, let me ask you also, because I cannot avoid to to ask this because it's a trending topic in the industry right now. Uh, what is your personal opinion about online experiences? So, yeah, this, I've got a little piece of that in the book, in, in the epilogue. But let me say it this way. When I'm in the classroom, uh, and again, classrooms are, I know they're kind of shut down now because of, of, of the, the pandemic. But when I'm in a classroom and I talk to my students, often I will ask them, uh, would you prefer, and this is it's part of my collecting information from my, from my uh, audience, if you will. I'll ask them, uh, what's your preference? Would you rather attend an in-person training or would you rather be able to do this training online? You know, obviously, you know, the benefits of being in the classroom, you just sat in the classroom for me with, you know, for the last hour or two hours, the last day. But online, you know, these are the benefits. You know, it's self-paced. 
you know, it's a, it's a broader array. We can bring more people in. It might be more graphically rich. Uh, what would you, what, what is your preference? And you won't hurt my feelings with, with your answer. Overwhelmingly, I find people still want to be in the classroom. They still want that personal interaction. Uh, I think as we come out of the pandemic, I think there is going to be an increased, I think significantly increased focus on being with people, being in the environment itself. You know, you just locked me in my house basically for the last, <laughs> how many months has it been now? By the time we get the vaccines rolled out and life comes to the new norm, it'll be a year. So what's the, what's the last thing I want to do? Yeah, I want to take a tour via a camera, mounted something, or an app, or uh, you know, another another uh, was watching an Amazon special the other day, which was which was kind of fun, <laughs> having been on the Amazon. But it brought back the memories, but it made me want to go. Yes. I think uh, I think there will be a huge shift back to uh, put me there. I want to be there. I want to see it with my own eyes. I want to see it. I want to smell it. I want to touch. I want the sun baking on my face or the cold burning my fingertips. Yes. Um, Fantastic. You know, we always, yeah, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a switch, but, but for tour guides, I would say still know your competition. This is your competition. You should have viewed all of those. If your city tour is doing these four things, you should know every other way that those elements are being exposed to the general population as it is. But, you know, there's nothing like human touch. Exactly. There's there's just nothing like human touch. You know, Lance, um, being a, uh, I, I love to read. And uh, every time you finish a book, you feel closer of the author. Do you feel like you know them a little more? And uh, I think for the online experiences, the big advantage we can have is if I do a virtual tour with uh, a guide uh, and when the moment comes to visit that specific destination, the big advantage is going to be, I want to do it with this person because I feel closer because I saw the video because I did something already with that person. And that is my personal feeling just because that is what you feel when you're a follower of someone. They never met you, but you 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 feel already closer. So I think it's good. All right. So we are arriving to the end of uh, um this episode, but before we go to the final message, uh, I want to know if you can share with us a best practice for the guides, for the community. Uh, become a lifelong learner. Oh, fantastic. It's that simple. Yeah, it's that simple. Yes. Uh, the, you know, uh, the world, you know, the world is changing. Uh, you know, we've seen, we've seen uh, how it can change so dramatically in such a short period of time. Yeah. And, you know, this will continue, this will continue to happen. Uh, we need to be lifelong learners. If you're doing the same thing every day, uh, and, and, I, and I share this, not just with leading a tour, but the routines that we've all kind of fallen into, we should all, reading is, is, is absolutely a wonderful way to do that. But there are so many ways yeah. to, you know, to kind of nurture that side of us. Yes. And, uh, uh, My favorite people are lifelong learners. That's what we share in common. Today, today it's a, it's a very big challenge because there is so many things and more you learn, more you feel like you don't know anything. So yeah. it's, it's a very big, it's a big thing. All right. So before the final message, Lance, uh, do you want to share some uh, contact information? I know that you are not in the industry right now, but still for your book or maybe 
if anybody wants to contact you? Yes. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Uh, I'm more than happy to share my my email address. Yes. Uh, so it's it's landycam at gmail.com. L-A-N-D-I-C-A-M at gmail.com. Super. And yeah, and I love chat. You know, I'm still in touch with with a lot of the people from the industry. And my and my secret desire can't can't say this too loudly, but my secret desire is to get to get back into in, into the tourism business. <laughs> I think as it opens back up, I think the temptation for me to jump back in will be will be too strong. And I welcome I welcome that opportunity. And yes, the book uh, again, the book uh, "Coaching for the World's Best Tour Guides: Observations from the Back of the Bus" available available on Amazon.com. So, uh, and for tour operators, if there's an interest in buying the book in bulk, please reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, as the author in my relationship with Amazon, I have all the discounts. Happy to pass those all along. Oh, fantastic! Uh, would love to see our. Yeah, no, I would love to see our tour guides. You know, obviously, uh, currently I sit in a great spot. Like I said, very lucrative job now. But, but anything I can do to help tour guides in their success, uh, I just I love them. I love our I love the tour guides. They're just great people. Absolutely fantastic. All right, so um, this is the moment where we have to say goodbye. But do you have any final message for our community? Yeah, yeah. I would actually like to read the last <laughs> sentences in my book. Yes. Because it's to the tour guides, may all your tours be outstanding. May all your tour ratings sparkle. May all your tips reflect the excellence of your great work. Be good, be great, be excellent. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much uh, for being with us uh, today, Lance, in our last episode of the season. I think this is the greatest way to end up the first season. I hope we will have a second one. So thank you for for your time. I know it's uh, it, it was complicated to get some time in your agenda. So thank you a lot. And thank you as well to the audience. I want to remind you, please, uh, you can visit our Facebook page. And uh, if you didn't have the time to check all our episodes, this is the time to do so. Thank you very much. Have a great, great holidays. And I hope to see you next year. And I hope next year is going to be better for all of us. (laughs) So thank you very much. Thank you, Lance. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. Thank you for listening through the eyes of the guide. I hope we've been a good company and I'll be waiting for you next week with another guest from somewhere in the world to share and learn. Stay tuned.